right. As usual, before I share the word, I found a new joke. But I'm going to read this joke to you. I'm not going to share this because the content is very important. There was a speaker, a pastor who went to the pastor's conference and uh, he wanted to learn some new tricks and uh, this pastor who attended the pastor's conference learned the chief guest speaker he's a humorous guy and he always starts off with a nice jokes and uh, so he learned this joke and this is the joke he learned so he wants to go back and do that in his church so one speaker boldly approached the pulpit gathered the entire crowd's attention and he said the best years of my life were spent in the arms of a woman that wasn't my wife the crowd was shocked he followed up by saying and that woman was my mother the crowd burst into laughter and delivered the rest of his speech which went quite well so the next sunday the pastor came back from the conference and he wants to try this humor to his congregation so he rehearsed it but when he came to the pulpit his head got bit of a foggy and he got his microphone and he said the greatest years of my life were spent in the arms of another woman that was not my wife the congregation was shocked and after standing there for almost 10 seconds he don't know what to say and he tried to recall the second half of the joke the pastor finally blurred out and said i can't remember who she was <laughs> anyway <laughs> Lift up your Bible and say this after me. Lord Jesus, influence me this morning. Holy Spirit, I pray that you will speak. You will teach as I talk. You will speak and you will teach. You are the greatest teacher. I confess that I cannot teach. I need you. The words that's going to come out of my mouth, let it be yours. and let it take grip hold of people lord we need you this morning in jesus name amen i want to talk about something very familiar we all know it's called the word of god let me back it up a little bit this message is not to bring any condemnation not to put any guilt on anyone but i believe at the end of this 30 minutes we will be encouraged to dig more into the word amen I read the statistics very alarming statistics by a 18 year old in this generation who have watched almost 80000 hours of screen time that's almost 9 years of their life they just spent watching tv or smartphone whatever but the bible takes only 88 hours to read from genesis to revelation but we have spent more hours and people know many things by heart but some of them they don't know the books of the bible imagine it you go to heaven and peter welcomes you and by the way peter says this is uh, prophet habakkuk he is going to take you to the mansion and you and habakkuk are walking towards your mansion and habakkuk gives you a nudge and say by the way did you like my book and you're like what the heck is that habakkuk i have heard about thomas cook captain cook but i have no clue what is habakkuk it will be so embarrassing going up there and you have no clue 
who the heck Habakkuk was or Nahum. Whom? <laughs> Nahum. And I just feel, you know, something passionate about sharing this. It's so important that we get to know this precious word of God. And this word of God is the written word of God, spoken word of God, and living word of God. And there are so many attacks came upon the word of God. But I thought I would share some interesting facts about the word of God. And uh, it has got the same theme from Genesis to Revelation. Redemption. Jesus is the ultimate theme of this Bible. And it was written over the period of 1600 years by 40 different writers. People call it authors. There is only one author. His name is Holy Spirit. 40 different writers written over 1600 years period in three different continents by three different languages. Hebrew, Aramaic and Greek. And they didn't know each other and it was collected after 1000 years these guys wrote. Okay? And these guys when they wrote the Bible it was inspired by the Holy Spirit. And if you look at the Bible, Bible is not anti-science. A lot of people say, oh, you know, I remember flying from Amsterdam all the way to Helsinki and I, I was on the flight and the guy next to me was a scientist and we started a conversation. I end up saying I'm a missionary and the guy kind of like, Boom, you know, he thought I was one of those techie guys, Indian guys who are just traveling. And I said, no, I'm a missionary. And, and then he made a statement which he said, oh, I know where you are a missionary, where you are a Christian. You guys are from a third world primitive country. You need a transcendental view to help you out. But we are Dutch, you know, when God created the world, but we created our own land. Because there was so much water, we pushed it and we created land. So we are we don't need God. And that's how many Christians, sorry, many post-Christian nations in the Western countries they live. They say, I don't need God. This is for the primitive. If you say, I believe in Bible, they say, you are so primitive in your thinking. Come on, this is the age of science. And by the way, Bible was never against science. God knew about germs more than, you know, the bubonic plague. Have you heard about it? One-fourth of all Europeans were killed. One out of four people were killed. And God says, you know, when you make your business, go out of the city, do your business, cover it up. He talks about germs. It's in the book of Leviticus. Hello? And, and another thing, for thousands and thousands of years, people believed the earth was flat. But God said in 2,600 years ago, in Isaiah 40, verse 22, it says, it is God who sits above the circle, that's horizon, of the earth and its inhabitants are like grasshoppers. It is he who stretches out the heavens like gauze curtains, spreads them out like a tent to dwell in. Isn't it amazing? Bible was never against science. For thousands of years, people believed that something held earth up. The Hindus believed elephants were holding the earth. That's the true statement. The Hindus believed that. The Greeks believed Atlas was holding Hello? And the Egyptians believed the five columns. The five columns were holding the earth. The Bible says God created and the earth came into existence. And still now the scientists are saying, yes, the earth is just hanging there. 
it took years later for science to confirm what is already there for thousands of years later i'll give you another example people believed the numbers of stars were finite look at verse jeremiah 33 verse 22 says the numbers of the stars can't be counted jeremiah 33 verse 22 when we talk about bible the bible is the most translated most selling book most read book most published book most transformation book in the entire world no other book that is as matching as bible have you heard about voltaire anybody heard about voltaire voltaire was a french philosopher and he said 100 years from now this is what he said in this 18th century he said 100 years from now bible will be eradicated from france from europe he even mentioned that guess what after 30 years walter died guess now in france if you go the french bible society where is it is in voltaire's home hello god has a sense of humor mao zedong you know mao zedong the premier the chinese leader he said 1968 he said christianity will be wiped out in 40 years from china no more christian presence mao zedong passed away 2008 passed away now we are living in 2019 today the fastest growing church in the world is in where in china god is full of humor and i tell you god has given us this greatest privilege through the word and i tell this all the time people in this world right now especially among christians we want god to speak to us but god does speak through external factors but primarily he has spoken through the word write this down if you're taking notes stop looking for a sign and start looking at the scripture stop looking for a sign people look for a sign oh pink color i'm also wearing pink confirmation no it's not confirmation it's called stupidity on steroids okay stop looking for a sign and start looking for a scripture and this is what happens the book is this book is the answer to all our questions this book is not a lie if that means we are in a heap of trouble this book tells us the purpose this book tells us that we can be forgiven and we have a purpose in life and a home in heaven this book tells us how to get to heaven but it also tells this book how to build his heaven on earth and i tell you this book has been tested historically scientifically and it has proven this book which stood all those tests this couple of scriptures i want to read you as from proverbs 30 verse 5 says every word of god is flawless proverbs 30 verse 5 psalms 12:6 says the word of the lord is flawless and pure okay now comes the biggest question maybe you are thinking oh so there are some biblical errors i see this so what is this there are translation errors are there okay i have challenging reading those also we are not talking about that what i'm talking about this written word that has came out from the mouth of god through those writers it's all true okay let me tell you this if you're taking notes all of bible is in god 
not all of God is in the Bible. You understand? All of Bible is in God, but not all of God is in the Bible. So, when we talk about Bible, I wanted to share a little bit about why we should meditate on the Word of God. What are the reasons? And I will explain to you a little bit, but let me explain this by first starting off by reading the scripture from 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16 and 17. Okay? 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16 and 17. It says like this, All scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, the four things here, teaching, rebuking, correcting and training. Okay, These are the four fundamental reasons why God speaks. It's not to give you a goosebump feeling, you know, we have word, oh, this word was so good. No, 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 no. Come on. Feelings are secondary. The first reason is to teach you. Why? Because without teaching, we will not learn. That's why it's important to go to school. It's to teach, rebuke. What is a rebuke? To correct. If you messed up, it's rebuked. How many of you were rebuked by your parents? How many of you rebuked back your parents? No, that's not the time to confess. But I'm just, you know, and correct. <laughs> you know, and it's correction. Correction basically to bring you back on alignment and to train because training is important. See, my sister Roshni here plays violin. And imagine she doesn't touch for the next three months. Will she able to play violin as much as possible? No, because the training is important. That's why you put in practice whatever with playing guitar or, or a bass or whatever. It needs practice. And same with me. And I do what Billy Graham does. I stand before the mirror and I just verbalize how I'm going to share, how I look. And, you know, it looks okay. My wife comes and taps my shoulder. Are you okay? It's like, yeah, I'm okay. Fine. You know why? Because I want to give the best. The Bible says you can't just give sloppy. You can't just say, you know, I come here and just talk blah, blah, blah. One pastor came. He came with the notes and then when he was praying, the notes flew through the window. He had no notes. All he could remember was Peter's mother-in-law was sick. So he said, congregation, let's turn to the scripture. Peter's mother-in-law was sick. Hallelujah. Because we always use a lot of hallelujahs in the church, in the Pentecostals church. And then he forgot what to say next. He said, it was not his sister-in-law was sick, mother-in-law was sick. It was not his father sick, mother-in-law. He went on like this, he mentioned the entire family. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. You know, that's why content is important. I can't just fill it up with, you know, stuff. All those things, it is not going to work. Content is important. That's why we prepare. We go before the Lord. We prepare a PowerPoint so you can see, you can clear it so that you can say, oh, I learned something. Today I added some value. Amen. So all scriptures are God-breathed, useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, training in righteousness so that the man of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. In righteousness, what does that mean? In right standing with God. Amen. There is another translation called in peace. When you want to stand righteous with God, your heart has to have peace. Amen. Once you do that, by the way, the man is nothing to do with male. You know, now they wanted to change the word. You can't say God, he is good because they are politically incorrect. 
they want to change that name god cannot be used a male gender they say if you say he that means you are being a misogynistic you being a, a chauvinistic you are trying to be male dominant how crap it is sorry excuse my french but this is the reality the word man is actually means spirit ish that's what man and god created man after its kind one is called male another one is called female everyone here is a man i am a man male my sister here is a man female because we are a spirit we are a spirit and we have a soul and we live in a body amen okay first corinthians 2:16 it says like this who has known the mind of the lord has to instruct him but we have the mind of christ you see this bible is beyond comprehensible that's why paul is writing the mind of the lord is it's impossible to understand look at verse romans 11 verse 34 and 36 who can fathom the mind of the lord who can claim to be his advisor who can give to god in advance so that god must pay him back for all that exists originates in him comes through him in moving toward him so we give him the glory forever when we talk about the word of god there are three things you need to remember the first one is the written word of god the second one is the living word of god and the third one is the spoken word of god and these three things can be divided in two main categories it's very easy to remember you might have heard this word one is called logos say this with me logos another one is called rema rema logos say this with me logos rema look at someone and say logos rema okay very important okay what is logos it means written unchangeable eternal intangible word of god okay it's written unchangeable that means you can't just change around so it's written unchangeable eternal word of god what is rema rema is the present spoken relational revelational word of god these two does not contradict because sometimes people say i am looking for this rema word and one guy said i had this rema word to dump my wife and marry this beautiful chick that's not rema word that's stupidity from garbage that's that's never gone god will never contradict his will will never contradict his purpose amen all right so i will explain to this so look at me for a second analogy one of the things is logos logos have you seen a french baguette it's a long french bread we don't sell it here unfortunately the indians don't have that revelation yet you're praying and but if you say for example you look at this is a french baguette the long bread you know the french bread imagine this is that and it's the french bread it's a big loaf of bread you can't put the entire french bread inside your mouth you will die am i right or wrong yes imagine you take this entire cookies and try to eat it all you will choke that's why paul says who can understand the mind of god it's impossible to understand the mind of god it's so big you know uh, that's why david says when i go down you are there when i go up you are there you are everywhere not in everything that's pagan thinking god is in everything 
God is not in everything. He's everywhere because he created everything. Psalms 24 verse 1 says, The earth is the Lord's and everyone in it. Amen. So it's, un- it's impossible to understand the big, cosmic, amazing, eternal word of God. It's impossible to understand. But what is Rhema? This is Rhema. If I say to you, eat all of this at once, you won't be able to eat. But if I say to you, take a bite. Okay? Take a bite. You can able to take a bite from this packet and you can eat it. This is how Rhema is. Rhema is God takes a bit of the logos and gives it to you personally so that you can grow in the fullness. Amen? That's why prophecy means God has visited your future. Amen? You are standing here and you need to arrive here. You don't know how to arrive here. And God knows your destination. He takes a word that you need and he brings it to you here. That's the rhema. So you receive that word so that it strains you, rebukes you, corrects you, encourages you so that you can arrive to the destination. Amen? Isn't it clear? So let's not confuse. And I wrote down here, rhema word of God will never contradict to the logos word of God. What does that mean? What God spoke in this word, he will never change it through his will. People say, yes, God said this, but, you know, and people make excuses. You know, this is my challenge. Like, for example, I told you, you know, there's one guy got married five times and the pastor asked him, why are you married five times? It's in the Bible. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. That's not from the Bible. You have taken the Logos word and you have tried to use it for your personal gain. It's not going to work. He will never change That's why I wrote down here, it is the unchangeable, written, eternal, intangible word of God. Whereas the rhema is the present, spoken, relational, revelational word of God. Amen? And they don't contradict one another. They are to bring you back to the original destiny. Okay, now, now that we know what is logos, what is rhema, let's go a little deeper. Okay, to whom? God speaks. This word for to whom? Number one, he spoke to individuals like Abraham, Moses, David, you know, Elijah, and he spoke through covenants. Okay? See, the law came, Moses brought the law. Okay? Abraham, that was born after Noah. Okay? So the, he was born maybe in the thousand, and then Law came in 2500 and, and from then they lived before this was BC times talking about. Okay? So when God spoke, he spoke to individuals. He spoke to Abraham, Enoch, Elijah through covenants. He said, I will take you out. I will make you a great nation. Okay? But then number two, he also spoke to your whole nation like Israel. He said, I will use this nation as a masterpiece as an example for other nations. He also spoke to Egypt. He also spoke to Babylonians. He said, I will use you to punish my people so that they can be corrected back into the original destiny. Okay? And he spoke through laws and commands. 
Okay? But the third one, which is the most exciting thing, this is the season where we live, he continues to speak to all the nations through the ends of the earth, through the gospel of grace. Okay? That's where you and me live right now. Okay? He spoke to individuals through covenants. We don't live in that time. And he spoke to the nation of Israel through laws and commands. But now he speaks to us through the gospel of grace. What is the gospel of grace? Jesus. Amen. That's why every time when you meet another Christian from another country, say for example, I I meet Jonathan for the first time. Naturally, if I came to know he is a Christian, I say, my brother. Still some churches do that. They still call my brother. They have no clue. They have never met before. Just because Jesus is their elder brother, we become brothers and sisters. There is a natural connection. Hello? It's still there. I still call some of my friends here. I call Roshni, my sister. Why? Because there is a natural connection. She is not blood related, but we both have an older brother. His name is Jesus. Amen? So this is why we connect like that. Anyway, why he speaks? It's a good question to ask. Again, three things it's easy to remember. God is the master communicator. Through his word, the creation came into being. That's his nature. He spoke and the world came into existence. Amen. He loves, he's the master communicator. And when, when the master communicator has given 66 books for 40 different writers, one author, and he wants to talk to us. Amen. Sometimes we close our Bible and we ask God to speak to us. It's not possible. We have to open our Bible in order for God to speak. There is a one man of God here in this country, mightily used, Dr. Ezekiel Francis. Some of you might know. And he says, when I don't hear the voice of God, I keep on reading the Bible. Sometimes it takes one hour, two hours, three hours. I keep, I never stop. I keep on reading. Sometimes we do book cricket. I don't know whether you know book cricket. They say, Lord Jesus, speak to me. Judas hung on the tree. Oh no, that's not the good word, Lord. You got to speak now something different. Lord, speak to me. Do not hear the word, do the word. The first one was Judas hung on the tree. The second one, just don't hear it, do it. Hello. Come on, guys. This, we can't expect God to speak to us while we are just keeping our books uh, closed. So, God is the master communicator. Number two, the second person of the Trinity is called the Word. John says, in the beginning was the Word. Word was with God. Word was God. Amen. The second person of the Trinity is called the Word. And that's why the centurion, look at Matthew chapter 8 verse 8. The centurion said, Hey, I am a man of authority. I know how it works. When I say to one guy, come, he comes. When I say to another guy, go, he goes. But you don't need to even come to my home. Just say one word. My servant will be healed. Why God speaks? Because that's his nature. Why God speaks? Because he wants to demonstrate his power. Number third reason is why God speaks? Because he loves to share his thoughts and original design. You see, God doesn't create us just to live just a random life, just to live for the sake of lifestyle. No. He created us so that we can have 
a lifestyle according to the original design everyone has got a original design do you know that you have a original design we are not a photocopy of somebody else you know how many of you use apple okay i use apple and i love apple phones iphones because it's easy to work with and uh, it's not so complicated like the android uh, it should be called annoyed but um, sorry anyway but this apple founder steve jobs before he married he had a live in relationship and he actually uh, had a baby with that uh, person and when the moment he found out this is i'm not gossiping this is all over everybody knows this and this is he has publicly shared this testimony and uh, when he found out his girlfriend was pregnant he ran through the door out of the door shut the door and he never saw and this lady raised this child of steve jobs alone and later part steve jobs got married and the apple macintosh became very famous and they became and she finally reconciled and he took her his daughter as the first daughter and he reconciled with his family and when they would go on vacation together and all so by the time steve jobs also had other daughters from his marriage and the little ones will ask who is this girl daddy you always bring her on vacation and this steve jobs will say this is daddy's mistake imagine hearing that this is daddy's mistake let me tell you you may be a mistake from your parents but you are not a mistake from the eyes of god amen i want to speak that over you maybe people said oh over you or your family even said we never expected but you came let me tell you god expected you to come in this world amen and that's why jeremiah 29:11 says he has thoughts for you thoughts to prosper you give you future and hope what happens when he speaks that's a good question what happens when he speaks first corinthians 14:3 says gives a simple three definition what happens when he speaks it strengthens us it encourages us and comforts us amen it strengthens you encourages you comforts you and the word comfort basically means is someone who comes alongside and fight the battles for you amen the word comfort is parakleto is an advocate he stands next to you he's there for you by the way when you go to your court i don't know whether anybody went to your court i've been to your court and you are standing there it's not your job to to convince the judge the advocate's job is to convince the judge he brings all you do is show up witness i am here and the lawyer is going to fight for you he is going to present the case guess who we have a lawyer holy spirit he stands there you know what father your son's blood is completely covered this guy was guilty but no more because the blood has paid the price amen that's why the holy spirit when he speaks it strengthens you encourages you comfort you you know the word enthusiasm have you heard that word enthusiasm the origin of that word is entheos that means when you are in god there is joy hello people say i am so enthusiastic about it but 
it's a wrong context they use. The real enthusiasm can come when you are in God. When you are in God doesn't mean you won't have problems. There will be problems. But in God, you are more than conquerors. In God, there is no condemnation. In God, nothing can separate you from the love of God in Christ Jesus. Amen? Alright, so, I've written down here, very simple, three benefits of reading the Bible. This is my prayer. Again, I told you in the beginning of the sermon, it's not to condemn, not to shame anybody, not to ask anyone, hey, you never read the Bible today, shame on you. No, 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 no. My goal is not to point the finger at you. Our goal this morning is to give you some excitement so that you will start creating a habit. In the gym, I saw this statement, motivation can get you started, but it is the commitment that keeps you going or the habit that keeps you going. So I pray that Papa's house will create a habit of dwelling in the word of God. We will stop seeking for a sign and start seeking for a scripture. Amen? Okay, not that signs are bad. Signs are good, but most importantly, God has given us this word. Okay, first one. The first benefit. It clears out confusion in our paths. How many of you get messed up in your thinking and you say, Ah, man, I don't know to say yes to this guy. I don't know if I can take this job. I don't know if this is going to work out. It feels so confused. Some people say, you got to try it out. And then only you will learn. Hello, I have tried it out. It got worst. Amen. And that's why here Psalm says 119. I'm going to read from the Amplified Version. You look at this, what he's writing. 101 206. I have restrained my feet from every evil way that I might keep your word hearing, receiving, loving and obeying it. By the way, Amplified Version takes longer to read but it's so juicy. It's real stuff. Look at word. It's just not hear your word. No, I'm hearing it, receiving it, loving it. I'm loving it. Not the McDonald's thing. And obeying it. Amen. Look at verse 2. I have not turned aside from your audiences. Again, that's the, another word for word. For you yourself have taught me. How sweet are your words to my taste. Sweeter than honey to my mouth. Through your precepts, words, I get understanding. Therefore, I ate every false way. You see, when we don't know what is truth, every opinion becomes truth for us. Hello? We can't go in a direction when we don't know where we are going. Every direction. If I need to go to CMC, I need to know my direction. Right? If I don't know my direction, what happens is, every direction is a possibility to get there. That's why people say, all road leads brother, same destiny. No, it, it doesn't. You know, we have a lot of logic ways, it's, it just breaks off. Okay, look at verse 4. You know, I ate every false way. Verse 5, your word, this is the verse, this is called the GPS. Your word is a lamp to my feet and light to my path. And I have sworn an oath and I have confirmed it that I will keep your righteous audiences hearing, receiving, loving and obeying them. How beautiful it is. It clears out confusion. You know what? Are you confused? Start reading the word. God will clear it up. He will give you, you know, this is the one beautiful thing about the Bible. When I read the Bible, every time when I read the same 
portion again and again it's like a diamond every time there is a new revelation you will never get bored hello sometimes we watch a movie once two times three times and the fourth time you know how it's all going to turn up hello there was a sitcom called friends that came uh, we know the song by heart and we know exactly what joey is going to do hello anybody got hooked up in friends sitcom yes and sometimes it's kind of weird eh? but we know exactly how it's going to turn but bible is not like that bible it inspires you every time when you read something new jumps out that's why it clears out the confusion number 2 this is very important why we read bible it transforms us it transforms us you see the bible talks about only two kinds of people conformist transformers conformists are the one who go with the flow transformers the one says i am creating my own flow which is according to god romans 12 i'm going to read from the amplified do not be conformed to this world uh, that means this age or fashioned after or adapted to his external superficial customs have you heard that external superficial customs people say hey holiday season did you do shopping Oh we don't do shopping in holiday season. Oh you're wearing the old clothes. Oh you're not up to the mark, you know that you know they they say you have to dress up to the trend. Hello. I create my own trend. Amen. Because I have the greatest trend it's called the kingdom. That's why when I sit in the car I look at Innova or this old car Qualys I say you are so lucky that I'm sitting why i create the trend people say oh you're driving this you're having a old phone no 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 the phone is so lucky that i use that phone you, are you following me we fall into this trap of following the trend fashion after nothing wrong in looking good having good you know being good nothing wrong but that's not our idol that shouldn't be our idol amen superficial customs but be transformed in other words changed by the entire renewal of your mind by its new ideals and new attitude so that you may prove for yourself what is good and acceptable perfect will of god even the thing which is good and acceptable perfect in the sight for you look at verse ezekiel 36:26 says a new heart i will give you a new spirit i will put within you i will take away the stony heart out of your flesh and give you a heart of flesh it transforms us let me tell you guys i can tell this i can promise you i don't like to use that big words i promise you you start reading today is 27th of january 2019 you start reading for the next 90 days every day set up an habit i'm going to spend first 15 minutes to read the bible i promise you i guarantee you after end of 90 days no one will come and say i didn't get anything out of it god does speak through the word he still does you try it you've never tried it start trying it take the bible read don't start from leviticus it's the book of barbecues don't start there okay don't start jeremiah you you'll just like banging on the wall you know don't start ezekiel god is like hey you make a food but you make out of your own dung and ezekiel says no 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 lord i will make it from the cow and god says okay go ahead 
you know don't read the best way to launch the land is psalms read psalms read the gospels john start reading john start reading luke it gives you very explicit you know explanations start reading it builds up your faith that's why you have to create a habit it's you know can i ask you this question how many times when you read the bible you feel like sleeping and the moment you turn the bible off the sleep gone and every time people say oh i, I use it to as a therapy no 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 you know what happening enemy knows the moment you get this truth inside of you he knows you are never going to be part of him you're going to be his threat so he will create what uh, number one tactic he uses distraction every time that's why when you read the bible sometimes it's you are distracted so many thoughts going on as you are reading you are reading john 8:32 the sun sets you free you are free oh what i'm going to eat today sudden random thoughts you know suddenly did i send the email oh no no my the clothes are still in the dryer it's been the third time i'm rinsing it again i should have dried it again you know you go through weird thoughts what is that going on enemy wants to distract you from the goal so that you don't spend time in the most important thing see there are three different ways enemy attacks you the first way he attacks you by directly giving you challenges sickness or whatever the second one he attacks you is by creating distraction creating distraction many christians we fall into the trap and the third one which is even more subtle we don't realize he attacks you by creating busyness people say i'm busy you know i'm busy even busy for the lord brother four services i have to lead worship i'm so busy hello i have to do this i'm serving this i'm traveling i know i was a traveler writer and preacher one day the god held a grip hold of me and he said you going to the nations means zero to me unless you spend time with the lord and i had my shaka moment before the lord lord i said lord it doesn't matter what i know and this is the principle god taught me i can never do ministry out of memory hello i can never do ministry out of memory but i can do only ministry out of being dwelling in the presence of god amen that's why it transforms us the last one this is most important thing why we read bible it gives us eternal perspective it gives us eternal perspective you know the perspective is all what matters right sometimes we get sucked up in life oh what i'm going to do i'm stuck here in india i know so many mosquito bites maybe i have malaria oh i don't know eternal perspective colossians 3:2 says set your minds and keep them set on what is above that is right higher things not on the things that are on earth people sometimes say what i'm going to drink what i'm going to eat what's going to happen i don't know whether i'm going to pass this exam what is going to do? come on set your mind above colossians that's the paul writing to your pagan church first thessalonians 5:23 says may the god of peace himself sanctify you through and through separate you from the profane things make you pure and holy consecrated to god may your spirit and soul and body be preserved sound and complete and found blameless at the coming of lord jesus christ isn't it beautiful we have heard the scripture but sometimes it's good to read in the amplified it's amazing to say it's profane things what is profane 
the opposite of profane i know holy and what is profane and i said this before last time also the word holy means one and word profane means corrupt mixed hello that means on sunday i am a good christian after church i am somebody else hello that's called profane profane is not you know wife beaters stealers pedophiles i mean i, I they are also but profane is someone who is not one hello the only way you can test what is true or false by knowing what is the truth so look at this verse first corinthians 15:55 paul says one stunning statement he says so death is talking to death how many of you talk to death <laughs> this morning did you talk to death hey death what's up paul is talking to death he says so death tell me where is your victory tell me death where is your sting okay this is important many people think satan is the death that's why kali goddess of death brother can i tell you satan if he would have created death he is stronger or equal to god death was not created by satan death was created by god god created death god created death dead in other words the death had no power but it became power when satan seduced man okay when man obeyed satan he by default disobeyed god death was activated okay so when death was activated god has to clear out this death the only antidote of death you know it's called transfusion in the medical term there's something called black pudding i don't know whether you heard yes it's actually a blood sausage they eat them and pigs blood sausage yeah i understand your faces that's how i feel but the camera i cannot show that okay i'm tolerating inside but i can sympathize with you exactly so they call it english pudding their national dish so that's why leviticus 17 says do not eat the blood blood is the life is in the blood george washington the first president he died by blood letting do you know that three times three doctors they thought if you let the blood new blood will come but he died until later in the 18th century a german mathematician he figured out johannes kepler he said life is in the blood they later figured out that's why the transfusion happens they give you new blood that's why if you get sick the first thing the doctors do what they do a blood test hello why because everything that is poison in your body shows up in your and when you eat blood you are eating all the poison in your body so next time when people say i love little bloody on the meat that means i love little poison in the meat hello guess this is where i'm getting there that's why all the blood become impure after adam fell 
so we are impure blood so god has to bring some new blood and he cannot bring the blood from the lines of adam he has to bring something out that's why the first adam and then the last adam and the word last in greek if you do a word study it's not last it means original what was god doing the first adam messed up and he brought the original adam who was the original adam jesus and his blood covered us all that's why the pure blood of jesus that came inside of us took that sting away that's why paul looked at death and said hey death because he's got now the blood of jesus he looked at death and said hey death where is your sting hey death where is your victory amen okay that's why the last adam the original adam because of his blood washed us what do we call we are recreated we are reborn we are renewed we are redeemed we are reconciled we are restored we are rebuilt why because the original adam jesus has washed us all our sins amen so why we read the bible is to give us eternal perspective amen it's not just a feeling it's not a religious work i read one chapter one chapter one chapter no you know today these days we have come across with so many blessings now we have an app some of you commute long times plug in instead of listening to gangam style song listen to the word of god listen listen to the word of god and we have so many easy translations you no need to listen to you know dai and dau and you know dine and thouest and thrice i asked the lord but he said no my grace is sufficient for thee no you don't need to learn that translation you have so many easy way put this word let the word inside listen to me one principle the more the opinion of god gets in your life the less the opinion of others matters for you amen but opposite is also true the less the opinion of god gets in your life the more the opinion of others matters to you that's why today people are hopping one church to another church one ministry to another ministry why because they don't want to put the word inside they're going and saying brother do you have a word i still remember i leave a name of the country unnamed i had a conference almost 5 600 people in that place packed the lord did an amazing things holy spirit moved amazing glory to god one lady comes in the front and said is there a word god gave you specifically and i said jesus loves you you can never go wrong on that cuz he never hates anyone oh thank you thank you thank you it's like we always want somewhere the rema read the logos logos will give you the rema amen it's important and like paul we as papa's house individually corporately we can say to death hey death where is your victory Hey death you can't sting me anymore